0: I'll be honest, Oregon and Washington coming to the Big Ten doesn't exactly help Penn State. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, that is right. You are locked on Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Be coming every day or subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Follow along on X, Twitter, whatever you call it. My name is Zach Seiko, your host of the show. And let us know in the comments what you think about conference realignment. That is what Jason Lord and I are talking today. Special guest, the Lord is back and Jason, it really doesn't get any bigger than this uh, with Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten, the rumor that there's going to be more teams coming to the conference as well. So it's no longer the never. It hasn't been the Big Ten for a long time. It's now the Big Eighteen. But I feel like outside of Notre Dame, Oregon, and Washington were really the only schools they could have gotten. And I know what everybody's thinking: Well, what about Kansas? What about Kansas State? What about uh, Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State? I know Kansas, Kansas State seem pretty solidified in the Big Twelve. So. Let's focus on the Pac 12 for a second. Why doesn't the Big 10 just go and get these other schools? And I'll tell you why, because these schools do not help the Big 10. More importantly, this is a Penn State show, Jason. They don't help Penn State. When this contract was negotiated with Fox, NBC, and CBS, these schools are getting $100 million a year. That is a home run for Pac Craft and any athletic director in the Big 10. When you add more teams to the Big 10, you get smaller pieces of the pie. So that means that Penn state, instead of getting 100 million to maintain all 31 varsity sports, get the best for football, men's basketball, wrestling, the premier sports that this school has to offer, right? I'm not trying to discount anybody else, but come on, when we think about Penn state, it's about football, wrestling and men's basketball. Yes, there's men's hockey. All the other teams are really good, but that's besides the point. Pat craft has a job to do. And when you add more schools into the mix, that's what happens. So for for Penn State, this is it's cool, but I don't know how productive it is, if I'm being honest. I don't know that adding more schools outside of maybe Notre Dame are, are really all that productive for Penn State in terms of financial benefit.
1: Just talking about for Penn State and not the Big Ten. Yeah. I agree with you. I think when when you look at really what is going forward now. I thought they added two teams maybe a little too quickly. And yeah. the, the expansion, I think, is, is fine. I have no problem. I think it ultimately you probably get to 20 teams uh, at some point. Yeah. But I, I thought, to me, keeping USC and UCLA at first, just going that first year through 2024 to see how it goes with the two of them in there and then expanding, I think would have been the uh, ideal solution. But uh, how it affects Penn State, I think it from a football perspective, I don't think it's going to affect it too much. They're going to have to redraw the boundaries a little bit when it comes to the 2024-2025 football schedule now a little bit. So it was kind of mooting out of what you saw previously with how they announced it. But you're still going to have those protected opponents. You're still going to have a a lot of the other things you you had on that schedule. So from football, I don't know if it affects it too much. I think uh, we'll talk about it, obviously, as we get into Washington and, and Oregon, how it affects the Big Ten from a TV and scheduling standpoint. But um, how it affects Penn State football-wise, you talked about the revenue. I think that's a good yeah. point. You're going 116th prior to Washington and Oregon joining. Now you're at 117th because you're only getting half for the first you know, 2024, 2025. So that's going to help a little bit. But yeah, we'll get into it later, as you said. But uh, we'll talk more about the, the financial perspective of it and who really could get into it and how it's going to affect the Big Ten. You're absolutely right, though, I mean, these teams are going to look at how it affects their piece of the pie. There, there's no doubt about it. And yeah, Washington and Oregon, I think, are, are good additions. But uh, the the question becomes, and it's uh, you make up the point with Notre Dame. We'll talk about it in a little bit here. Uh, how much does it? How much does anybody not name Notre Dame move the needle? I think it is going to be the the biggest question. Uh, for me going forward when it comes to the Big Ten. I think where it affects Penn State the most, where it affects even Ohio State, Rutgers, and every other school is the travel for basketball and women's basketball That's uh, more so than, than anything. I think when you look now at it, you very easily could have probably put USC, UCLA consecutively. Yeah. That way you knock the travel completely out of the way. You, you play them two games on the road, that's it. You bring them here two games to Happy Valley, That's it. Now, you're going on the West Coast four times. And when are you going to play these games? Are they going to be on weeknights? How's the travel going to work? And how does it affect it academically? Now, granted, again, that doesn't affect the revenue in any way. And look, the TV's contracts and Big Ten as a whole, they're looking at the revenue more than they're looking at anything else. You know, let's not completely spin it in any way. Academics are the most important, yes, but uh, from TV perspective, they're not looking at that. But I think the the question then becomes, <clears throat> excuse me. I think um, how do you schedule these basketball games? Now, I think yeah. it would have been a lot easier with USC and UCLA because you could have just knocked it out at once. Now, you can't do it all in one week. You're going to have to figure out how you're going to schedule it. Now, can you schedule like Oregon, Washington back to back in, in the same week? Maybe I don't know, but it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge now scheduling it for men's and women's basketball more so than anything and i think you bring up wrestling yes does it affect uh, uh, wrestling's great but well I think yeah when you washington
0: look at and it, oregon don't exactly have don't, wrestling no, programs don't USC. have wrestling. no
1: <laughs> you no, and then stanford does yeah they saved it they almost didn't
0: did yeah, a couple years they ago canceled but it, right?
1: uh but I don't think Zach, from a TV perspective, from a Big Ten revenue perspective, they're looking at any sport that isn't named men's basketball and football. Uh, they're they're looking at those two more than anything because that's what's going to give you the most money on a TV deal. That's what's going to share the most money from a conference perspective. So I think you're looking at the men's basketball and you're looking at football more than anything. And you knock the you know you knock the fraction down a little bit more. It goes from one sixteenth to one seventeenth. That's how it affects Penn State. That's how it affects really the whole conference in, in terms of the money they make. Now, can you go back to those networks and say, hey, we want more money? Yeah, of course you can. And will they oblige? Probably. But it is going to affect from a revenue perspective, yes. But yeah, the concern for me, like I said, above all, is the basketball scheduling. What are you going to do now for those West Coast teams to come here and for Penn State to go there? Or Nebraska, or well, not Nebraska. is a little bit of a tough example. Penn State or Ohio State. Going there uh, to see really how you're going to do it academically. Again, TV networks don't really care about that, whether yeah. they say it or not. I don't think they do. But uh, from a school perspective, you are going to care about that.
0: It is locked on Nittany lines, your go-to podcast for happy Valley insider.com Jason, We're going to continue to talk about what Oregon and Washington do in the short term. Again, the schedule just came out for the 2024 season not too long ago. You and I did an episode about that, the protected rivalries, Penn State being unrivaled as the one school that did not have a protected rivalry for the upcoming schedules in 24-25. And the Big Ten says they are going to have to make some changes We'll see how they can adapt. Let's. I, I want to thank our sponsor of today's show, and that is LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the best when it comes to hiring candidates because these days, hiring that potential candidate can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. They get that you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that is why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster. And for free, it's easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Add your job and then the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are, in fact, hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills so that you can quickly prioritize who you want to hire and interview in the process. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply and as i said locked on nittany lions your go-to podcast for happy valley insider.com check them out penn state rivals of course we're gonna have there's gonna be more reaction to penn state football practice coming up media day uh in the in the already uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, really, the the season's almost here, but we're going to talk you. There will be more content on Penn State Rivals and more content on Locked on Nittany Lions, your go-to podcast for happyvalleyinsider.com. Jason Lord, you can find him on Exit. Jason Lord, 05, talking about Penn State. He's going to be helping out the local radio stations when it comes to high school football and Penn State football coverage. Uh, Jason, let's get back to it, though. Oregon and Washington now come in. I've already seen nothing set in stone, but this is why we talk about it, right? You now have 18 teams. You can't. So what, what's the alignment here? I feel like it's more beneficial for the Big Ten to divide up into a Big Ten West, a Big Ten Central, and a Big Ten East. Have three six-team divisions as opposed to two nine-team divisions or you know, split down the middle at, at nine teams each. And it still feels kind of awkward, right? You have yeah. USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington in the Big Ten West. That is no question. But if you go to a nine-team division, right, you're going to have what? Nebraska, Iowa. Those aren't West teams, right? The, the, and But it ultimately, even if you do move to that six-team division, you're going to lump two unlucky schools in that instance and become West, become the West. I can't see uh, basically the way that it was mapped out. Ohio State, Penn State would be in the same division if you move to three, right? If you move to three, if you move to nine, then you're going to get Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. So the Big Ten is going to make some big decisions if they're going to split that up. And then, again, I think you are going to have those protected rivals are going to stay, as you mentioned. Ohio State and Michigan are going to play each other. Penn State being unrivaled, they're going to play anybody and everybody, really. So Oregon and Washington – Ultimately, what they do is they create a Big Ten West Division. Truly, they they help out USC and UCLA logistically in terms of travel. I don't know who this benefits anybody else in the Big Ten. This this ultimately helps that cluster of four schools, Oregon and Washington, really help them in terms of all the logistics. And then just as far as playing them, like Oregon's going to be fun to like that's. How how excited did people get when Ohio State and Oregon played each other last season early in early in the year, right? That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Penn State and Washington, people remember back to the Fiesta Bowl mostly because the Nittany Lions won. You know that's why it was all that why that's why it was all the more fun. But that was an iconic game. I really thought Utah would have been a fun addition to the Big Ten. They ultimately choose the Big Twelve, and I think BYU had something to do that. But this is yeah. what's going to happen now. As far as scheduling, Jason. I mean, the 2024 and 25 schedules were chosen. We don't know what order they're going to be in, but now Oregon and Washington have completely brand new schedules, and you got to find a way to give them nine conference opponents. Yeah, you got to find a
1: way to squeeze them in. I think you got to go back to the drawing board a little bit when it comes to scheduling 2024 yeah. and 2025. Now, and it, the protected opponents, as we said, are going to stay the same. So you're not going to have to worry about changing that. Yeah, uh, that's not going to be affected a lot. I don't know if, if you you could say this from a scheduling perspective, it's going to completely change a lot of things, but it's Mm going to have to be altered. So uh, you're going to have to go back to the drawing board a little bit and uh, we'll see, because I think you could make the argument with the flex scheduling in 2024, 2025, Penn state benefited quite a bit from it in 2024, especially, and it had two big home games there. And, and then 2025, uh, you had the, the schedule from home perspective wasn't great, but you had the. the I, I thought you benefited well because it divided itself out really well. Now you got to go back to the drawing board a little bit and see what you're going to do. Um, I do think, from a scheduling perspective, in terms of game times, it's going to help the Big Ten a little bit because now you have that chance. And again, you're probably going to have Rutgers, Indiana, Northwestern teams like that in this spot. But I think now you have that opportunity. To have all time slots of the day scheduled, you remember how yeah. popular Pac-12 after dark was. Yeah. I think there's a chance you could play 10:30 Big Ten games now. Big does 10 FS1 after dark, pick yeah. up? Yeah. Does FS1 pick up a 10:30 game? Does, does somebody else pick up a you know a 10 p.m. kickoff game mm-hmm. uh, where you have maybe Washington and, and yeah. Rutgers or Indiana and North, or Northwestern and USC or something like that? Right. I think it helps there. I also think it helps from a November primetime game perspective, too, because you know how upset Penn State and Ohio State were about having to play those November primetime games this year.
0: Those weather games.
1: Yeah. Uh, the weather, yeah. And I think um, I, I, I always felt like the weather was kind of blown out of proportion a little bit. But, uh, you know, and that's uh, they're the big schools. You got to cater to the big schools in the Big yes, Ten you. no matter what. <laughs> And um, Penn State, I think it does help them a little bit this year because they're on Thanksgiving break and you know, they're playing indoors uh, against Michigan State. So that's going to help a little bit. But and but Ohio State's playing that November night game. And I think they made it really clear. Look, we made the concessions this year. It's not going to be an every year occurrence. So now you have. Really, where you can, you can put Washington and Oregon in that primetime slot where. Uh, you could play them at four thirty, five o'clock on an NBC November start, and the weather's not going to be as big of a factor. And suddenly now you have four West Coast teams that can factor into that, not just USC, UCLA, who I think probably would have been playing some of those November uh, primetime games. I think they probably still will, but now you have that extra alternative a little mm-hmm. bit to, you know, from that scheduling perspective. So I think it hurts it in 2024, 2025, because you got to go back to the drawing board. But I think overall, when you're looking at it completely, you have that option maybe to pick up, as I said, that 10 o'clock kickoff game. And you have an option to add some other teams to the November primetime scheduling.
0: Yeah, we'll see how it all unfolds here. But the Big Ten is not done, Jason. No, That's the thing. The Big Ten is not done. As we move into this final segment here to kind of pull it all together, Jason, you and I have talked about this. The everydayers know this. I'm confident when I make this assessment that the NCAA is finished. Not not tomorrow, not a few years from now. I would probably say maybe in five to ten years, we're going to start getting into a situation where college football basically becomes minor. It it already is, but it's going to have more of the perception and the nature of it. I think the national college football league is going to uh, unfold or it's going to develop. And basically you are going to have three mega conferences. It's going to be the sec, the whatever the big 12 turns into and then uh, yeah. whatever the bit, and then whatever the big 10 rebrands itself. I'll the tell ACC, you what though, Zach, are
1: we going to have three or are we going to have two? I don't know how from a long perspective, I don't know about the big 12 because, uh, uh, you know, you lose Oklahoma, you lose Texas. I think that's going to be a lot bigger than people but you do, think, You so. do
0: recover Colorado. You, you get recover Utah. Colorado,
1: but they don't move the needle as much as those other two teams. I said, yeah. they're not going to be able to pay that $50 million. Well, they didn't have to pay an exit fee at all, obviously, out of the, mm-hmm. out of their conference, but uh, you're not going to move the needle as much and not going to pay $50 million to get out of your conference as quickly as Texas and Oklahoma can without a grant of rights, obviously. But uh, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I, 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 I think you're maybe right. We could see three, but I think there's an outside chance maybe when it's all said and done, you see two. You see the Big Ten, you see the SEC.
0: A college version of the AFC and the NFC, if you Mm -hmm. will. Okay. So, yeah, whether it's two, whether it's three, those conferences are going to merge into one league. Okay. Yes. Because the goal is for these schools— The schools are tired of giving money back to the NCAA. They're saying that we can negotiate our own tournaments. We can right. make our own schedules. We can basically fend for ourselves. And what is the NCAA to tell them anymore? Because they wanted this 12-team playoff for a long time. They want to expand to 16. They want to go to 24. Why can't Division two do it, Division three do it, but so for some reason, the Division One couldn't figure it out with the BCS era. And even before that, when journalists got to decide who the national champion was, there is so much more money to be had. Folks, imagine this. A Big Ten football tournament. A playoff before you get to the playoff. You have whatever, what, four, six teams playing this small mm-hmm. little mini bracket. And then yeah. you have the champion go off to the playoff. Probably We're not going making- to do that. <laughs> okay. I, it could happen. I, I can
1: I wouldn't think at least. I I think a lot of these schools, these schools, not the NCAA, not the not the conference. These schools will emphasize academics first. And I think you're really stretching it if you play, you know, four team tournament before it's you the get. It's, to been, the talked be, no, it's, it's been, been talked about. You're going to be It's been talked about, don't rule it out by any means. But I, I, man, I don't know if they would do that. Not for a while, at least. I, I think you, yeah, you're you're comfortable with uh, having quality opponents on a weekly basis you're comfortable with having that big 10 championship game and now an expanded college football playoff i think you as of right now the conferences are going to be comfortable having that i think at least for the near future could that happen down the road sure it could i don't think there's any doubt especially if you expand more which they probably will uh but i think the schools an emphasis on just the schools not the conference not the ncaa especially I think academics are very much emphasized and you don't want to burn these players out. You don't want them playing a 19 game schedule by any means.
0: That was, that was my first thought. But when you think about a Big Ten semifinal where you have the four teams and then the winners move on to the championship and then if you win that championship, then you get home field advantage in your college football playoff or it really helps your seeding to get into the top yeah. four, whatever which way. There's so many things that can unfold because of this. But the question is, Jason, really, what teams expand the Big Ten to go to 18 and which ones actually really benefit? Because Oregon State, Washington State, the rest of them that are still the Pac-4 at, at this point in time, they are not coming to the Big Ten. The, no. the, they are left behind. Basically, I think they're either going to merge with the Big 12 or they're going to have to become the premier teams, Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State. Those four are going to have to become the premier schools with the Mountain West Conference. That that really feels like the only solution. The ACC, now here's, here's where it gets interesting because I think the ACC is going to see the same fate as the Pac-12. The ACC is going to start seeing maybe because it was there were talks that it wasn't even going to be Oregon and Washington, that it was going to be Florida State and Clemson coming to the Big Ten, that they were going to be some of the next schools. North Carolina and Virginia were going to be coming to the Big Ten. Those schools are all in the ACC, and I could see those next four coming to the Big Ten. I feel like Notre Dame... I feel like the natural place for them is the Big Ten. I I really don't know what the holdup is, but they need a partner. Nobody is going to come in individually. Everybody basically needs that protected, even though it's not actually this for fun, like it's not branded this way, a protected rival. You basically need a partner school. You're not going to have 19 schools in a conference. You're not going to have an odd number of schools. Notre Dame is going to come in with somebody like I thought of Stanford would be a, a, an appropriate partner for them to join the Big Ten. But uh, ultimately, it, it depends. But Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia, since North Carolina, South Carolina, they're in different conferences. Or does North Carolina do that, go to the SEC? But since those schools have always been rumored to the Big Ten, the Big Ten going to expand to 24 schools, I think, when all said and done, maybe even more
1: uh maybe i think you, you might be right i think they may expand that far i think they definitely want to at least get to 20 at, at yep. some point soon here but uh, who would be the school you named it I, I think everybody and anybody knows the impact as arrogant as they can be <laughs> and as <laughs> as demanding as they can be virginia there's no question oh yeah virginia. <laughs> there is no question Notre Dame is the school that everybody wants. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. have the massive power that they have above anybody, the ability to bring in an extreme amount of revenue. Uh, there, there is no doubt. Uh, yeah. If you can get Notre Dame at all costs, you bring them in. Uh, there, there is no question. Not yeah. only from a competition perspective, I think they increase the level of competition in men's basketball and football. They also move that needle in a big I, way. Hi, Micah. Hi, Micah from, Shrewsbury.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. From a <laughs> revenue standpoint. Notre Dame is the school you want to bring in. Now, who would Notre Dame bring in with them if they came? I don't know. I could could make the argument you could bring anybody in with Notre Dame and it'd be fine because the schools are going to be okay with losing that little bit amount of money to the other school because Notre Dame's going to balance it out just fine. Uh, Who would they bring in ideally? I think you named it. I think Stanford would be the team that Notre Dame could bring in. If you're just bringing Stanford and Callen, what do they do for the Big Ten? What do they do from a money perspective? Why should Penn State, Ohio State, michigan usc why should they share that money why should that one sixteenth yeah. go to 120th what are they going to do to bring the revenue into the big 10 what are they going to do from a tv contract how much are they going to change it stanford is great academically stanford is great consistently with the director's cup standing mm-hmm. do they give you enough interest football and basketball wise to move that revenue further i don't know does cal i'm not sure either
0: Cal, Cal definitely does not. Cal no, is uh, – no.
1: they,
0: they want to go – there's been talk that they go FCS, that yeah, they completely yeah. very, drop very out. Very much so.
1: <laughs> very much so. So,
0: yep.
1: Notre Dame's the team I think uh, of. You, you talk about the ACC schools. Accreditation's going to have to be the issue with them. AAU certification. Mm-hmm. Big Ten's not going to take them, in my opinion, if they don't have that. And, and that's where I think they've got to work on that if you're Florida State and you're Clemson. I think you also – from a Clemson and Florida State perspective, is Clemson one of the premier programs in college football right now? Yes, but I think, to me, they've got to get even bigger. Uh, Clemson and Florida State both, I think, have to get to uh, even a little bit of a higher level. Florida State especially. I think they'll be better. Their recruiting has gotten a lot better. But, again, it comes down to, for me, it's the accreditation. I think the AAU certification yeah. is is massive. I don't think the Big Ten is going to take you. Right now, at least, until you have that in some way. But uh, Florida State in 1993, 1994, I would have taken them in a heartbeat in the Big Ten. Uh, but now do they have the ability to be that premier school like USC, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan are? I, I, I don't know. I, and, and I think that's where uh, the question has to be asked for the Big Ten. Are you going to expand? I think there's no doubt you're going to expand. Who are you going to bring in? Everybody's top priority as I said, is, is gonna have to be Notre Dame. If you can get them in some way, you get them. Uh, Notre Dame just can move the needle like nobody else and and, and that's just the realistic part of it. They, they make the most money. There's a reason they're on their, they're on their own network as, a, as one school. Uh, it, it's the money they bring in. it's the, the tradition they have. it's the establishment of that program from a, a top to bottom and the fan base is just absolutely driven in a a big way, and that's why Notre Dame has to be the top school, the top target for anybody, for the Big Ten, for the SEC. And uh, if you can get them, I'm not sure it matters much to that second team that comes in with them. I think it. preferably you'd probably say Stanford because I think Notre Dame-Stanford would be a good – I think they consistently could be that protected opponent, maybe, or USC could be their protected opponent. I don't know, but – uh, Notre Dame again is just clearly number one above all would be the program you want to bring in
0: I'd rather see Penn State play Notre Dame every single year uh and not oh Pitt, yeah instead of <laughs> instead of a school like Pitt so CNC yeah oh do.
1: there's no doubt it benefits both schools when you play Penn yeah. State and Notre Dame Penn State and Pitt to me I think uh, the argument can easily be made Pitt needs Penn State a lot more than Penn State needs Pitt there's 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 no question about that that's when you had that game in 2016, I thought it was a special atmosphere at Heinz Field. I thought it was an mm-hmm. incredible game. It felt like the rivalry was there, absolutely. And yeah, uh, you know, they played each other three more times, and then the, I think yeah. called it what the Keystone Classic for those four years. And it was great, but no, I don't think he could play that every year. I think it. I think from a uh, right now, at least, it's it's still a little bit one sided. Pitt's gotten to be a lot better. He yeah. won the ACC. We can Pickett pick it there, so I, I think they're. They're a lot more respectable school. You have the hatred between Narduzzi and Franklin. I think that's very clear as day. But I think from a matchup perspective, uh, from a, a Big Ten perspective, I don't think Pitt helps Penn State that much. I think Penn State and Notre Dame, Penn State and anybody else in terms of a premier non-conference opponent, a premier non-conference being the key word, would be a lot better than playing Pitt.
0: I think that should do it for this edition of Locked On Nittany Lions. Nothing like Duncan on Pitt before we conclude a podcast, oh, Jason. Well, so I, appre- I appreciate well, I, you what know you have to say it's
1: it's never it's never it's never a bad time to do that when you yeah. when you when, you're, when you associate yourself in any way with Penn State. It, it's never bad to to dunk on the Panthers
0: in any way. Appreciate the time as always, and can't wait to do this again, Jason.
1: I uh, can't wait. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, Zach.
0: Thanks for checking out this episode of Locked On Nittany Lines. Be coming every day. Or subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lines on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Follow along on X, Twitter, as it's formerly known, at my personal account at Zach underscore Seiko and at Locked On Nittany for more Penn State football content.